The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community on Facebook and angeltarot.org. I'm really excited to do something a little bit different for this episode. I'll be bringing on a very special guest. Dr. Ken Harris will be joining me. He is a pioneer in holistic healing, founder of the Waldwick Wellness Center in New Jersey, providing all natural health and wellness for 45 years. Incredible. He is now retired from active practice and sharing his insights as an author, workshop presenter, and keynote speaker. We'll be talking a little bit about his new book, Synchronicity, The Magic, The Mystery, The Meaning. He was also a friend and chiropractor to Dr. Wayne Dyer, near and dear to my own heart. Ken, thank you so much for joining me. Well, Natalie, I am humbled and honored to be here tonight and share uh, some of the wisdom of Wayne that uh, he, he gave to the world so graciously and unselfishly. It is a real pleasure to connect with you, and I'm excited for some of the stories that you're going to share with all of us today. But um, before we get into all of that, I wanted to talk about your mentor. Uh, your book, Synchronicity, is dedicated to Bill Bain. And I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about who he was and the impact that he had on your life. Well, I, I could talk uh, volumes or speak volumes of the impact Bill had on my life personally. We could do another episode on that altogether, I'm sure. <laughs> well, Bill, Bill was a chiropractor in Derry, New Hampshire. He and his five brothers had the largest chiropractic service. They didn't call it practice in the entire world where they saw upwards of 3,000 patient visits per week. People came from all over the country, actually the world, for their care. They operated on, on what they called the GPC principle, which is they had no fee for their service. They called it the God Patient Chiropractic. People made a donation. But they gave, they gave freely of themselves. They had miraculous healings. Uh, when you met Bill, you, you felt him before you met him. He, had, he was an Irishman, a friendly guy, loved people, loved life, and uh, you would feel him 15, 20 feet out before you even got into his uh, speaking uh, presence. And when I met him for the first time at the college, I was a professor. I heard he had, was coming to the school to talk to the students. So out of curiosity, I went to hear about him because I knew he had this great reputation. And I sat in the back of the room with about 200 people. And when he started to speak, Natalie, I started to cry, not sadness, not tears of sadness, but tears of joy. 
for I had finally met the man who embodied and represented everything I had been looking for my entire life. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe what I was hearing him say. I can tell you verbatim what he said the first day. That's the impact he had on me. It got to the point where everybody else in the room disappeared in my awareness. It was just Bill talking to me that day. And I, I kind of woke up, you might say, I was 28 years old, and I had an epiphany. I, I remembered who I am and why I'm on this planet. And Bill was the uh, the person who provided that point of reminder to me. And so I mentored with him for over 10 years. Uh, and uh, the rest is history. He, he left an indelible imprint in my life, like the Wayne did for many others. Wayne died, did that for many other people as well, I'm sure. Back yeah. in his you hear people talking about the impact he had. But, you know, they say a, a, a second in the soul can last you a lifetime. So Bill and I had a soulful moment. And his, his own children told me, his own earthly children told me that I was probably one of his spiritual children in another lifetime, if you believe in that. But I felt yeah. that he was my spiritual father. So uh, my first encounter was uh, indelibly uh, inscribed in my heart when I met Bill. And he, he touched thousands and thousands of chiropractors and other healers. We started an organization called the Whole Health Institute back in 1970. And mm-hmm. we, had, we, had, uh, we had healing. Uh, we had representation of the gamut of all the healing arts, from the medical to the shamanic to chiropractic to nutrition to yoga. We were all under one roof. And the, uh, the intention of the Whole Health Institute was to coalesce all the modalities and get them talking to each other instead of fighting with one another about who had the magic bullet. And Bill was a master, master uh, teacher. And and all healing, there were certain principles of healing, regardless of the modality, that were coming to all of us. And that was the impetus and the the purpose behind the Whole Health Institute, which lasted until the Mm mid-1990s. He had died, unfortunately, abruptly. At a rather young age, only 56 years of age, he got a heart attack. And uh, I kept it going for a while, but I wasn't able to, to maintain uh, his presence. He was a magnet, Bill. When you met Bill, you knew, you knew your life was going to change. That's all I could say. He had that kind of uh, dynamic personality. And he was a lover of life, lover of people. And he, he lectured all over the world. And so we had representation in every country. And uh, many, med- many famous medical doctors. We had uh, Bernie Siegel from uh, from uh, Love Medicine and Miracles. He was part of our group. Mm-hmm. Jerry Polsky uh, also was was part of the group. Larry Dasse. Many went on to develop their own followings, but in the beginning, they were all connected to Bill. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I, again, I, I don't want. I could talk for days about Bill, but <laughs> we're here to talk about Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're here to talk about a lot of things, but but Wayne is is central uh, to that for me and maybe for some of our audience members today. But so when you met uh, Bill Bain, this was in the seventies, is that correct? Seventy-three. And were you part of the you know spiritual movement of the sixties and seventies? Were you interested in spirituality at that time? Like, what what was your stance on that? I wasn't part of the movement. Uh, a card carrying member, but I was always <laughs> I was always a seeker. I was always looking for for answers. And uh, unfortunately, traditional religion didn't provide them for me. Mm-hmm. I, I get what I was looking through. My mother was Irish Catholic, very religious. My father was Hebrew, but neither one of those two religious patterns attracted me uh, for various reasons. So I went on a search, uh, 
and studied many other uh, forms of spirituality. But when Bill came on the scene, he he, uh, he, he stole my heart. And yeah. He was definitely spiritual. I mean, he was one of the best spiritual teachers I've had the privilege of meeting. Now, Wayne was a great teacher. Deepak Chopra is a great teacher. There are other ones. He wasn't the only one. But yeah. for me, he was the first one. He's yeah. my first love. Let me put it that way. <laughs> you don't forget your first love. Yeah, that's beautiful. It sounds like he really radiated an energy that that drew people in and was transformational. And and for me, that's something that I did I did feel from Wayne. It's something that I felt from Ram Dass as well. And you know, a few other people that I've come into contact with. But I think there's something to that, that first person that really opens your heart and your mind. And it's hard to explain why that is. It's it's this moment of recognition. It's this, it's this opening inside of you. It's a remembering. And and like with Dr. Dyer, it's like everything he said, I was like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, of course. Like it's like you'd think I already knew all of that, except I wasn't living like I knew, like I knew that. So so he sounds like a beautiful man, and it's a little sad actually that more people don't know who he was. But but he touched a, a lot of lives in in the chiropractic community and the medical community. It sounds like so, so and that carries forward, doesn't it? Right. He left his imprint in the hearts of thousands. Yeah. He 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 threw the stone into the into the pond, and the ripples went out into the world. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Although he's not in physical form, he still lives and moves and breathes in all of us. I carry. Um, period. I definitely yeah. carry the spirit. And and we're thankful that you have for the work that you've been doing in the world. I think that your message is is so beautiful and it's so it's so clearly coming from the heart what you're doing and I can see that you know maybe you measure yourself a little bit to your mentor that you couldn't carry on what he was doing but we all have our own calling. We all have our own mission and you're absolutely living that by staying tuned into every moment what what is right now and and now you're an author and a speaker and and bringing these messages out to all of us. So um yeah, amazing. Oh, I, I want to commend you for for listening to the voice of your own heart because I think that takes a lot of courage. Well, as you get quieter, the, the voice gets louder. Yeah, <laughs> so true. The silence, in the silence is where we find God. Now, can you tell me where, where did you first hear about uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer? Did you read his books or how did you come across him? I think I saw him on a PBS special once. Yeah. Uh, he used to walk back and forth across the stage, you know, <laughs> watching, you know how he was, right? And yep. everything he said was what I would call tonal. It, it sounded the tone of truth. And yeah. I resonated with that. He was talking what Bill was talking about. So there was an immediate remembering recognition when I heard him express the truth. You Once you've been exposed to the truth and you hear it again, you immediately know if it's true or not. Yeah, there it is again. Yes. <laughs> and for, for me, Wayne was speaking his journey, his truth. So it was a PBS special, I believe. Yeah. So can you tell us about the first time that you met Dr. Dyer? Well, the, the first time I met him, I was at a chiropractic convention in Northern California. Mm -hmm. I was not a speaker at that one. I was, I was just a participant. But right after he spoke, I had read his books up until that point. I read many of his books and totally resonated with what he was saying, as I did with Deepak Chopra. And it's no coincidence that Wayne and Deepak were friends. Yeah. They had a nice friendship offline. So anyway, I went up to him after <laughs> to him after the seminar. And like a like a groupie, I said, 
can I have a picture with you? Would that be okay? He says, why, sure, Ken. So he puts his arm around me. I sent you the photograph. Yeah, I love it. He's taller than me. And I'll never forget him looking down at me after the picture was taken. And spontaneously, he looked at me and says, Ken, do you know that you and I have one heart? <laughs> I, I, I felt the love. I felt immediately. I knew what he was saying was true. We were about the same mission, the same purpose. And I never forgot that. I never, that, that imprint he put on me by reminding me that was quite, I don't think he told that to a lot of people personally. Oh, I don't I'm know. Sure he didn't. He did. But he told me and I didn't forget it. So fast forward 17 years later, when I meet him again by synchronicity, yeah. I reminded him what he had said to me and we engaged for the second time. And we had a lovely discussion, and I was quoting to him his books. So he knew I knew all about his books. And here I am, chapter and verse, giving him back. And the way I met him, by the way, I was walking on the beach, uh, not the beach, the pathway next to the beach in Kanapali with my mm -hmm. wife, Judith, Judith. And he was about 50, 50 yards ahead of me, maybe 100 feet. And he was on the phone. Wayne was on the phone a lot, by the way. He was always on the phone. Anyway, I yell, I yell out like a kid, Wayne, <laughs> and he drops the phone. And I'm glad he did because now he didn't have an excuse. He may have just walked right by me and said, I'm busy. I can't talk to you. But yeah. see how it worked? It stopped. We engaged. I reminded him of <laughs> meeting him, blah, 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 blah. 20 minutes to a half hour later, he comes running down the path looking for me after we said goodbye. And he says, oh, Ken, I am so sorry. I am so thankful I found you again. I said, well, what can I do for you, Wayne? He says, I'm having some health challenges. And God told me, this is, these were his words, that you're going to come and take care of me and help me. Would you do that? I said, Wayne, it would be my honor. Incredible. And that's how I became you know, connected to him. So you were obviously a, a fan of his. You'd read his books and you were All excited to see him. So what was that like when he was like, I know that I've been told you're going to help me. Like, what, what was that like for you? Truthfully, there was an inner knowing already that it was yeah. Right. Now you I was you the right one to help him. I knew that I was sent to help him. Not I didn't even know by the way he lived on Maui. I was yeah. there to go to see Ramdas. Mm -hmm. That's the, the serendipity of it all. You know, I wasn't going I didn't go there with the intention of looking for him consciously. Yeah. But when I did meet him and he asked me, I knew that's why I was sent. It was really to meet him. I thought Thank I was going you. to meet Ramdas, which I did later on anyway, but but I was so happy that the circumstances worked out that Wayne and I our paths crossed, we recognized each other, and so the rest is history. Yeah. Now, you had had a dream about meeting him, hadn't you? I did. I did many, many years prior to, prior to uh, well, between the time he told me we had one heart and the second time, I yeah. had a dream that I was going to meet three people. The same dream. It was Oprah Winfrey, Deepak Chopra, and Wayne Dyer. And uh, two out of the three have happened already. They were We call those precursor synchronicities. Yeah. Uh, I haven't met Oprah yet, but I know she's on deck. And, and the way I know is I met Gail King hiking in the woods in New York State serendipitously. I told mm -hmm. her the story. She said, give me a card, Ken. Oprah loves stories like this. And six months later, I meet Stebbin Graham. He sits down next to me while I'm eating breakfast in California. And I started to get giddy. And I said, by the way, uh, I had this dream about meeting Oprah. He says, what kind of a dream? And I told him, he says, give me a card. <laughs> Oprah loves stories like this. So I say to myself, why would I have met Gail King? And Stedman Graham, if I wasn't going to meet Oprah at some point. Yeah, so, what are the chances, right? Slim to none. So I sent her the book, and I'm waiting I'm waiting patiently. 
for the interview. <laughs> by by the way, in the dream with Oprah specifically, she was interviewing me about a book I hadn't even written yet. I didn't know I was going to write this book in the dream, but the dream no. So now yeah. the book is out. I sent it to her, so I wait patiently. Here it is, Oprah. You're next. Well, <laughs> you're in the I, docket. I could actually look. I remember looking into her eyes in the dream. You know, I mean, we had eye to eye contact and heart to heart because I think Oprah's about the same thing that Wayne was about and Deepak was about. She's about elevating and changing consciousness. Yeah, she's a seeker, too. It's been really interesting to see her shift into spirituality. And, and there was a, a almost a clear division in, in her show when she was on uh, daytime TV that, you know, she went from kind of talking about more material issues and more kind of social drama. And then she started to really shift into spirituality. And that's when I really was like, Ooh, like what is Oprah doing? Like, and she's still doing it, which is fantastic. Like she's, she's still on that path that still really lights her up. She loved Wayne. They, I, when I was in Wayne's home, there were pictures of Oprah and Wayne all over the refrigerator in different places. They yeah. had a real friendship. They asked Wayne, uh, what's one, one thing you really know? And he says, well, I know what Oprah always says at the end of uh, her interviews, the uh, Super Soul Sundays, no matter who she has on, she says, tell me one thing you know for sure. And when she did it with Wayne, he says, well, I know one thing for sure, Oprah. I love you. Oh. I love you. And you could see in the pictures that there was a definite love there. Yeah. That's so sweet. Now, Oprah also got awakened, uh, I think, with Eckhart Tolle. When she did the Eckhart Tolle interview, that was a pivotal point for her. She yeah. had a lot of aha moments in that interview. He's another great teacher, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Eckhart, Eckhart's uh, second book. The first one, The Power of Now, launched him. But I really believe his second book, The the New Earth, if you haven't read it, it's an excellent book. Yes. It's a blueprint for planetary restoration. Because it starts with the individual. As we, so, we restore, the, the world restores. I actually have a story about that. Uh, related to synchronicity. I, I went to Hawaii with my sister. We went to, to Maui. And um, I was sitting, we just got off the plane and we got to the rental car place and I'm sitting outside and I'm reading A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle and I'm feeling really inspired. I'm feeling really tuned in and I'm looking at the cars and there's this convertible sitting there and I'm thinking, wouldn't it be great to have a car like that to drive around the island? And like 10 minutes later, my sister comes out and goes, they upgraded us. Come check out the car we're getting. And it was that car. It was that convertible. And it was so like, I'm getting chills just talking about it, but it was so amazing. And like, there, it was just, there was no doubt in my mind that because of like the, the state that I was in and it was just curious gratitude, right? about, wow, wouldn't that be great? And I was just kind of imagining what it would be like. And then we lived it, right? And we we drove on the, the road to Hana with like the wind whipping through our hair. And oh, it was so much fun. You know, it was just, it was just a dream. And I, I didn't plan it. I, I wouldn't have ever like considered even trying to make that happen. It was just this moment of what if, but I connect that to Eckhart Tolle because I, I was reading his book, A New Earth at the time. I love it. I love it because in, in in everything is an imagination first. You you were imagining, wouldn't it be nice? You looked at that car and said, "Wow, it would yeah. be," and then you manifested it. That was yeah. not an accident. I mean, that, that's not randomness. I mean, <laughs> that's the power of consciousness. You know, and and I always tell people, be careful what you wish for because you might get it. 
Yeah. Careful what you wish for, because if you have a, a bad wish or something not not good, that can come to you just as easily as something as beautiful as you did. By the way, I'm glad to see you survived the road to Hannah. That is. Oh my gosh. That is one heck of a drive. Now I did it with my wife Judy, and unfortunately, I'm dumb dumb. It said, "Do not go beyond this point." Well, being from New York, I don't usually follow the rules. It says, "Rental car is not permitted beyond this point." But I oh, said, no. "Go back that way." That way was horrible. So we proceeded to go. I'll tell you, it was the most difficult, challenging ride I ever did. But when we got on the other side of that road, I got an incredible picture. It looks like it was otherworldly of a sunset on one of the other islands. And I'll never forget it. I mean, I said, oh, that's the gift because I didn't listen to the sign. But that's quite a ride. Anyone doing that, make sure you... You um, don't eat a full meal because you'll give it right back because it is serpentine. You just it's something crazy. like something like two hundred turns and, oh, and no it, was, it was really crazy. And I actually I went back. I got married in in um, the Big Island, and then we hopped over to um, Maui for part of our honeymoon. And I um, I was pregnant at the time, and I went down that road with like you know, a half-baked baby in my tummy. And I got this little onesie that said, survive the road to Hana for our unborn baby. But I have I have so many beautiful memories of Hawaii. There, there's something about that. Those islands, it's like there's there's magic in, 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 in the sand, you know, it just, it emanates from that place. And that's well, probably you know why, why. Do you know why? Because the Hawaiian islands in New Zealand are parts of the same mountain range. Oh. in between, but that was one landmass at one point. Wow. And the, those people, the indigenous Maori people and Hawaiian people, they carry mm-hmm. the memory of the motherland, the land of Mu. Yeah. Which is Lemuria. And that's why there's a magic energy there. Uh, my wife says she thinks she came from that. When we were there, she says, I just feel at home here. We've been yeah. maybe a dozen times to Maui. So, you know, that there's a reason for that. It's not coincidental yeah i've seriously considered moving there but um you know it's it's not in the cards right now and that's totally okay i I have a beautiful life so this brings us to the topic of synchronicity and i wanted to ask you so you were in private practice for 45 years and what i feel like you had this pull to start writing before you retired and I feel like that was all kind of interwoven together. But I want to ask you, what what inspired you to write this book? What made you want to get this message out? It's a good question because, you know, I've, I've been experiencing synchronicities my entire life, actually. But they started to happen with greater rapidity and greater intensity. They weren't just coincidental, oh, isn't that cute? There were pivotal synchronicities. I mean, some of them life-changing for me. And uh, I struggled with writing them because I said, so, okay, this is happening to me, but what's the bigger message here? They're going to read my nice stories. Big deal. They're going to say, oh, he met this one, he met that one. So who cares? I had to get over that ego resistance to writing it for for being, I would be judged as being a braggart because I met a lot of famous people. And then the voice of the soul said, hey, dummy, it's not about you. Write it to remind people of their own. Let them know they're not alone. Let them know they're being guided their entire life. They're not walking this earth by themselves. That many of these synchronicities have been prearranged by their ancestors, the spirits, the angels, so on and so forth. So it was really uh, 
the reason I wrote the book, I wanted the people to know that they were not here by themselves. Now, synchronicities you can self-create through intention and elevated emotion, like Joe Dispenza's work. You create an electromagnetic field. The thought is electrical. The emotion is magnetic. You create an arc. You attach an elevated thought, uh, an elevated emotion with a thought. You create an electromagnetic field, which is an arc. It goes out into the Wi-Fi, and you draw from the 5D reality, the field of pure potentiality, all the circumstances and events to make something happen. Some of that's self-directed. But a lot of these synchronicities, I believe, are graced. We're given the opportunity. I always think of it of the marionettes, you know, those little puppets. And so the mm-hmm. spirit world says, okay, Ken's going to meet, it's going to meet Wayne now, or Ken's going to meet, you know, Nadia now for a specific reason, and we'll arrange it. We'll arrange the meeting. Let's pray that they're awake, aware, and alert, and they'll recognize each other when they meet. Yeah. And then I'm getting stories now from people all over the world, because in the back of the book, we ask you people, send me your story. And some of my stories are Mickey Mouse compared to what other people are experiencing. I think everybody has these stories of synchronicity, but they don't always recognize that that that's what it is or, or they were amazed when it happened and then they kind of forgot about it and and maybe it'll come up later. It's called connecting the dots. I call it stepping stones. Connect, you know, you step on one stone to another, to another. In the moment, you don't always recognize they're happening, but in retrospect, you say, Oh, so that's why I had a, my flight got canceled and I had to go to another gate to meet so-and-so and and blah, blah, blah. Now, a lot of people in relationships find they have synchronistic arrangements by the spirit world when they they fall in love. How how people get together is unbelievable. Sometimes they're childhood sweethearts, they separate, they get married, the spouses die, they get divorced, and then they meet again for very specific reasons. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, It's magical, mystical. It is. It definitely is. There's definitely more to the world of the unseen than I think there is to the world of the seen. Like, like Wayne used to say, there's something bigger moving the pieces around. And, you know, I, I feel it that everything is energy. And so we are connected to all of it. Of course we are. We're not limited to five senses. Like there's so much more going on and we're, we're limiting ourselves by thinking that we're just this body or, or I am what I do, or I am what I have, right? That That's all that ego separation. But but to be, uh, as Dr. Dyer would say, a no-limit person, right? That was his early psychological um, take on things, is you, you have to be willing to expand. And to be willing to expand, I think you have to accept the truth of who you are, which I think is big because there's a sense of responsibility that comes with knowing that, you have so much influence on what you experience in life and how you experience it. Absolutely true. Everything you just said is 100% true. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And I think if we understood all of it, we would just be having so much fun. Like this would be play, right? Life would be, wow, isn't it amazing? Like, let's see what happens if I do this or, or, or what, what if I focus on that? This is a really exciting, exciting direction. And yeah. Well, if you want to have more synchronicities, deviate from your normal routines. Don't do the same thing over and over and over. Have a deviation. That's called the deviation synchronicity. Change your routine, the way you go home, the way you go to work, and talk to strangers. Yeah. Strangers are friends you haven't met yet. No yeah. one's really a stranger to you. You know, <laughs> uh, and, and listen to what they say to you. Sometimes you'll be guided about what you should be doing next if you're at a precipice point where you have to make a decision or sometimes what not to be doing next. 
So from the guy who pumps your gas to the person who checks you out at the supermarket, it's God in disguise. Pay attention. Yeah. Don't judge people by how, you know their station in life, their color of the skin, or or their economic status. Uh uh. We're all. I always say God isn't dragging everyone. And yeah, I'm you to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so I get up every day, and I like more uncertainty. Certainty is boring. You know, pray for more uncertainty. Now, people are, are right now freaking out because we're in a pandemic. And everybody yeah. wants to know. what does everybody want to know? When is it going to be over? And the truth is no one knows. It'll be over when it's over. No no politician, no scientist is going to come out and tell you when it's over. For me, in many ways, it's already over. I'm not living in that limited consciousness that if someone looks at me or shakes my hand or gives me a hug, I'm going to die. That's I, I think that's tragic that that's what we've come to now. I think that they, I've heard them say on TV, forget about handshaking, forget about hugging. Those days are over. I don't believe that for one minute. They're not well, that's a choice. That's a choice for sure. And I don't think that um, this experience is ever really going to be over, right? We're never going to go back. We're always going forward. So what I feel like is this is a, this is a transformational time for the whole world, which is amazing because how many times in the history of mankind has that happened? Very happened, Well, in modern time, it hasn't happened, but it's happened down through the ages. We, we, the history books didn't tell us the whole show here. You know, <laughs> there's been the rise and fall of many conscious civilizations on this planet that you yeah. will read about in, in your textbooks. They've been altered. So yeah. you know, it's happened before. And, and like you say, it's an ongoing process. I mean, this, is, this pandemic is, uh, is part of the transition we're going through from chaos, I believe, back to order. It looks terrible right now. Oh my God, everything's falling apart, but not really. There's what we call catabolism and anabolism. Those are the two sides of a, of a metabolic process. When you bring food into your body, you break it down and then you reform it. So you catalyze it and then you anabolize it. And that's what's going on in consciousness now. There seems to be a disintegration of all the old institutions. They're not working anymore. Education, medicine, healthcare, blah, blah, blah. And yet there's something new forming concomitant or simultaneously, but you don't hear it on the news. Well, there's so much potential in this time, right? And I think it's important to focus on that because if we're focusing on what we're losing, then we're missing the opportunity for what we're building. And, you know, another thing that Wayne Dyer often said was that, you know, great things are often preceded by a fall in our, in our personal life, as well as, as a society. So what can we build from this? You know, what, what is it that we want to fall away that this is an opportunity for and, and what can we build? And I, I think, you know, you speak about the law of attraction, um, very much connected to synchronicity. And I think it's important to remember that what we focus on expands. So, so, so let's focus on what we can do. I say, let's focus on loving one another. That's what I love. Only love. Yes. Compassion, compassion, patience, understanding. These are the qualities of beingness. This idea of social distancing separates us. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that that's what they're promoting at this point, but I think there'll be a rebound. People will be starving for, for, for contact. They are We're gonna already. Be, we're going to be more motivated to spend time with the people that matter to us because we've come into contact with our with our priorities, what our real priorities are. When you stop some of that busyness and some of that background noise, you know, there's an opportunity for clarity. 
there's an opportunity for clarity if you're not so distracted by the by the static and and the fear and and there's a lot of fear right now but you know i i think that your book synchronicity is a great reminder especially at a time like this of the magic that's always happening in our lives if we just stop and notice and that we can invite more of that now you have a uh a guide to synchronicity that people can access from your website, uh, drkenharris.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, kenharris.com. And I have that here. And I just think that that is a fantastic little handout. Yes. A user's guide to categorizing and understanding synchronicity. And one of the things that um, stood out to me is on the last page, you have these principles of synchronicity that... The universe will align you with people, things, and situations that match the energy and frequency you are expressing. People move in and out of your life path based on the law of attraction. The universe is always speaking to you. Pay attention. These these are foundational principles. This is operative operative twenty four seven. Yes. Yeah. For me, the for me the uh, the final thought. There's a whole series of these. And by the way, you get this for free if you register on my website. There's no fee for this. It's a five-page printout. It's really a summary of the book in many ways. It talks about the seven types, the five reasons, the six reasons we meet people, the five questions you ask yourself for interpretation, and the four practices to have more synchronicity in your life. So I call it the seven six five four formula for having more synchronicity, which I'm going to do a TED talk on at some point. But anyway, the principles I love them. Uh, I didn't make them up. They're, they've been around for a while. I just coalesced them into this format. But the final one, I want to I want to let everybody know the final one because, to right. me, the clincher. At the end of your life, when you reflect back and you connect the dots, you will come to finally realize that it was never random. We're not flotsam and jetsam going through life randomly. That idea yeah. of mathematical probability is, is, as far as I'm concerned, ludicrous. Anyone who believes that it's just chance, you you got a rude awakening coming. <laughs> when you realize there's no chance. Well, it's an awakening. It'll be an awakening for sure. A rude one for some people. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I did that. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, radical, radical acceptance that you're responsible for everything in your life is 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 big. And as sometimes it's too big, people aren't quite ready for that. But yeah, oh. Wayne Dyer's book, I can see clearly now, is is exactly that. It's looking back on his life. And, and putting the dots together and seeing that, you know, oh, that's why this happened. And I can see I was being guided in this direction or that I had set this intention that I hadn't even maybe really even understood. And then all these things happened to lead me to to, to where he got to be. Yeah. The last time I saw Wayne, he gave me that book personally with a nice little inscription to Ken. And he gave me Anita Morjani's book. Dying to Be Me, which he promoted her. If anyone doesn't know Anita's work, she's excellent. Uh, yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, Dying to Be Me was her book, and Wayne promoted her around the world. And he gave me that as well. So uh, those are the last two books he gave me. Uh, but I have them in my cherished. Yeah. Um, so there is a quote on your website from Dr. Dyer, and you um, you did an attunement for him. And he says... I felt like I was translated to a heavenly place and I did not want to return back here to earth. 
I can just imagine him coming out of this of this energy of this space being almost speechless, which he probably is rarely speechless. Can you tell us about what an attunement is? I know it's a little hard to put into words, but what can you tell us about that? Well, that's like asking me what does chocolate taste like? Mm. Where are you going to know what chocolate tastes like? It's Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but, but an attunement is an energetic healing process. It's a non-touch healing modality. You don't actually touch the physical body, but you work in the seven endocrine glands, which are the seven gates or thrones before God, they're called, where energy comes into the body, starts at the pineal, goes to the pituitary, thyroid, thymus, uh, adrenals, and uh, pancreas and adrenals and gonads. So they're each correlated to an emotional uh, feeling. And they either open or close these seals, depending on your emotional state, with openness or closeness of heart. And the heart is really where you connect with your soul. So I did this attunement with with, uh, with Wayne, and our hearts merged. My heart and his heart became one heart, like he had told me. <laughs> and we were all we were taken to another state of consciousness where I didn't know where he began and I ended, or he ended and I began. To be all honest with you, and uh, when we when I stopped the process, I, I left him. He he fell asleep for about a half hour, but when he woke up, he was he was dazed, and he came to me and he said, "Hey, Ken." Did you learn that in chiropractic college? I said, no, I didn't learn that. That's not a chiropractic technique. That was the first time he experienced it to me because up until that point, I was doing traditional adjustments. But for that day, for some reason, I was told share an attunement with him, and he was very open to it. So uh, he said he said he went to a place that he'd never been before. He took himself there, by the way. I didn't send him there. He, he gave himself permission to go to the other side. And uh, he didn't want to come back. He said at some point he was in such state of union or, or peace, but he eventually did come back and he lived uh, another three years. Yeah. But I, I told him, that, in all honesty, I told him, I said, you know, when I checked him out energetically, uh, we had this conversation. I said, you know, Wayne, uh, your heart is running on empty almost at this point. You don't have a lot more energy left. You've been giving yourself away to the world. Why don't you just do a webinar right here on Maui, like Oprah did with Eckhart, and have the cameras come and interview you, and you'll speak to three million people. You don't even have to leave. He had two condos side by side on Maui, lived in one, worked in the other, across the hall, mm -hmm. his commute. And you know what he used to say, Ken? I love the audience. I can't talk to a camera. I got to be in front of live people. He says, I'm addicted to the audience. He says, so that's not going to happen for me. And he was very clear. He says, you know, when when I when it's my time to go, there'll be no wheelchairs or nursing homes for Wayne Dyer. He already knew that he was going to die abruptly. You know, he yeah. already soul knew that. And he was okay with it. <clears throat> he wasn't looking to squeeze out another day, another week, another month. <clears throat> he, he, he already had touched the experience of altered states of beingness. So death was, I don't, I don't think he had any fear of death. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think in some ways, you know, maybe he felt like he could continue his work in spirit. You know, so many people still feel his presence. And, you know, I have no doubt that he had a part in bringing us together in divine timing. And I'm really thankful for that. So, so you never know what, what, <laughs> what Dr. Wayne Dyer is still doing. He's not limited by his body anymore. Not, not at all. I had a medium call me up out of the blue from Facebook. She said, <clears throat> I see you have uh, you have uh, love for Wayne Dyer because you went on my website. She says, I just want you to know I had a dream that and you and him were in the dream. 
the other night, and he wants you to know wherever you go, he'll be with you, Ken. You're not going to go out into the world by yourself. This is what she told me. I said, I, I kind of I kind of know that already. I said, but it's nice to hear it from someone yeah. who didn't know me at all. But she had this vivid dream where we were both in the dream. He was in an altered state of, of, of being this, his light body. But I was still alive, she said. And he just wants you to know uh, he'll be with you. As, as is my mentor, Bill. I know when I speak publicly, I call in my my helpers. So, you know, and I ask that uh, let my words be uh, true to my heart so that they resonate with people at the right time. Because when you speak publicly, there's someone in that audience that needs to hear that message that day. You know, you, you can change lives if you just don't go in with a canned, pre-planned approach. Just like this tonight. We didn't we didn't really. He said, okay, I'm just going to ask you some questions. So this is, we're, we're winging it, folks, if you will. I mean, Nadia, she decided she was just going to have a conversation, and I didn't really have a any uh, – I wasn't uh, prompted or promoted or prepped, as they say, for this conversation. But someone listening to this talk tonight is going to have a life-changing moment. They're going to have an aha moment as a result of you, what you and I just shared. I know that without a doubt. I don't know who they are, but I know someone will hear it. That warms my heart so much. I, I feel like if if there's one thing I wanted to do in this life is to tell people that they're not alone. And, and you said that in our conversation earlier. I feel a connection to angels, guides, and ancestors too. It, it's something that I, I bring to everything I do. And so, you know, with this conversation, I wanted to leave room for spirit. I, I think it's important to do that. Um, I think Dr. Dyer did the same thing. You know, I really look up to him and and he talked about so much, um, particularly in, in, in maybe the last decade or two of his speaking, he would come up without notes, you know, and he would just speak from the heart and just trust that whatever needs to come out will come out. So, um, yeah, and I, I think this is this has been an amazing conversation and and the story that you told about reconnecting with Dr. Dyer in Maui. Um, is in your book, Synchronicity. It's one of the chapters in there. And I really enjoyed reading that. So if you're interested, check it out. It's available now on Amazon. You can also go to um, your website. What's the best way for people to reach you? Uh, well, we, we ask people to please register on the website. I give a free newsletter out every month. So we have an ongoing connection. So if they go to D-O-C-T-O-R-KenHarris.com. And, and put in their name and their email address. And if they want to buy the book from my website, they can, or they can get it right from Amazon. And I'll be, uh, I just got a, a letter. I'm going to be in 20 other bookstores soon. Where, Great. Where yeah, and it's going to be translated into Spanish. Uh, some Very company cool. in Spain just called me and they said it'd take about a year, but they want to they want to open this up to the Latin community. It's growing, and I think it's it's gonna it's gonna get in the hands of the people who need it most. So, thank you for for stepping up to do this work, and um, you know, bringing through these stories for all of us. So, are you? What's next for you? Are you planning another book? Well, I, I do have the beginning of a second book. Uh, uh, you know this about me, but this past January, I had a heart attack, of all things, unexpected. Not planned. <laughs> and, no. <laughs> and, uh, by all physical means, I should have been dead. I had 100% blockage in one of my coronary arteries. But through synchronicity, uh, my life was spared. Through divine intervention, without a doubt. Uh, so many things had to work out. 
the perfect storm in the right way to save my life. So I'm going to write a book called Extra Innings, a from sudden death. And I'm going to ask people to send me their stories of how, how they feel their lives were saved as well. But without a doubt, my life was, uh, was given back to me. I was a thankful guy before, but you, you can't imagine how thankful I am now that I have some extra time to go around and blab about my book. Because <laughs> I said, as, a, as they're rolling me into the hospital, I said, hey, guys, you know, I wrote this best-selling book and hit number one in three categories. You want to let me go around and talk about it? <clears throat> so, uh, well, if you if you didn't know if you didn't know that you were here for a reason before, you definitely know it now, right? Yeah, there's more for you to do here. <laughs> there's more for all of us to do. It's not a one-man show. You know, it's a group consciousness. If the Earth's going to be restored, it's going to take a collaboration of many light workers and people who are waking up. Um, my prayer is that we wake up sooner than later before it's too late for the planet. So my mission is to, my prime mission at this point is to go around the world to remind people who they are and to come out of the illusion of separation back to the reality of oneness. What I do to you, I do to myself. If people really get that, we won't have wars anymore. We wouldn't hurt one another. Would we be kind to each other? There would be no sense of other. There would be no them and us. There'd be only we. Yeah, we are all one. So for however much time I have, extra innings, we'll see. Sometimes those games go long, you know, they go into they go into 12, 14, 15 innings, you know. You never know, but it's going to be a lot of fun finding out. Well, I, I, that's my attitude. You know, I, I'm not heavy about it. I, I, you know, I can get very serious and and so on. But for the most part, I think what the world needs now is people who are staying calm, centered, encouraging, and uplifting. If I, I don't want people to be chicken little, the sky's falling. That'll put you into fear, and fear will depress your immune system and will make you more vulnerable to this virus or any other condition. So we need to come out of fear. And the only antidote I know for fear is love. That's what they say. Perfect love casts out all fear. That's the only way we're going to get at it. And we got to learn to love self and love other. When I say self, I don't mean ego self. I mean the self that's in me is the same self that's in you. Yeah. And I can feel that love radiating from you to the world. And, and it's clear in, in everything that you're doing. You have a, you know, an, an incredible lifetime of wisdom and experience that you're sharing with all of us. And that is really a gift. So it's really been an honor to have you with me today for this conversation. And I'm so blessed that we came together and found each other. And, you know, you are one of several synchronicities that led me on this path to starting this podcast. So if it wasn't for you, maybe this wouldn't be here. So thank you for being a part of that. I'm, I'm really, um, inspired by your work and I cherish the stories that you're sharing with us. I look forward to more incredible stories of synchronicities coming from you and the ones that people will be um, submitting to you. So thank you so much for joining me. This has been fantastic. I would say ditto, ditto, ditto squared. And I know one thing, I am going to meet you in the flesh physically at some point down the road, whether it's going to be in Seattle where you live or New Jersey where I live. But this is not the last that we're going to see each other. Absolutely. 
we we will definitely talk again and I look forward to to meeting you in person one day and um boy just look at, look back on on this incredible time of change that we're in so with that, I think that we will let you go. Um, thanks again for joining me. You can check out Dr. Harris's website, Dr. Ken Harris, D-O-C-T-O-R, KenHarris.com. Get his book on Amazon, Synchronicity. And for all our listeners, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, tell your friends about it. And until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Namaste. Namaste. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa one to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.